Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome to Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Lindsay. Let's Talk Peaches is a community where all humans come to have raw, authentic, open, and respectful conversations about various topics. Nothing is off the table. All topics are welcome. Get ready to dive in and explore the uplifting as well as the extremely uncomfortable. Be sure to come back and check us out every week. We put out new episodes every Monday. If you're new, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. And if you're a returning peach, thank you so much for tuning back in. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate So much appreciation. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hey, Peaches. Hello, Peaches. Welcome back for another episode. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah. This week, we are chatting with the lovely Anna Smirk. She is an Australian artist, singer, songwriter. She works for WHO, the World Health Organization. So a really, really interesting conversation lays before you. Mm-hmm. She also has done a lot of traveling yeah. through she while working of, for WHO. She kind of lives this like... This double life of or, like singer songwriter mm-hmm. and um, working for this not like World wonderful superhero nonprofit person. moment. Yes, really cool. We talk a lot about uh, some main pillars of her life is working for the WHO and being a singer songwriter, being this nomad, living in different places around the world, and also all while having a long term relationship. So long distance relationship, long long distance relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So all of these things combined, how we talk about how how this has changed her perspective on the world, how has it inspired her music, inspired her music and and, uh, impacted her life. So we dive all into that. And it's really an interesting conversation. Really excited to have um, have you here listening listening to it peach peachy peach all right peaches we will be right back with anna all right peaches we have the lovely anna here with us hello anna hello we like to start off every episode by asking our guests how they're doing like what's up peach how's your weekend how was your weekend i know it's monday where you are sunday night where we are so crazy. Yeah, it's Monday morning. But yeah, I had a beautiful weekend. I've sort of found myself um, in an unexpected place. I'm living um, just for the last few weeks now. I've been living on the Sunshine Coast, which is in Queensland, Australia. Um, and I totally wasn't expecting to find myself here at this time. But you know, the world today, things are changing a lot. And yeah. here I am. So the weekend, it was really beautiful weather. It's kind of the start of spring here in Australia and things are starting to get warm um, and gorgeous. So I spent a lot of time at the beach this weekend. Oh, wow. amazing. That's so wild too, how Australia, your winter, our winters and summers are totally opposite. Mm-hmm. It's so wild yeah. to me because here we're just starting to enter fall. I think today was one of the few first more brisk days. So we're all drinking our pumpkin spice lattes and getting all ready for that. But that's so that's so weird to me of how opposite Australia and America are on the time the time warps, you know? It's so bizarre, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good. I'm glad you had a wonderful yeah. weekend. That's always <laughs> such a nice it's a it's such a nice transition from like that winter period. So like the warm warmer. seasons for sure it makes you feel like a little bit more alive. Yeah, I love it. I feel like it makes everybody open up a little bit. People seem to be in good mm-hmm. moods at this time oh, of yeah. year. It's nice. 
We're so, so excited to have you on today. We were listening to your EP before this, and we were like fangirling hard. We love your aesthetic. Oh You've my done gosh. Such a great. You have like, I don't know if you're the art director, if you work with an art director, but it's absolutely stunning, oh beautiful, very like just so pleasing to look at yeah and obviously your music is beautiful as well so we're super excited thank you (laughs) me too (laughs) (laughs) for someone who's never heard of Anna Smirk before do you want to give us just a a a teensy download of who you are what you do what you're about absolutely I'm Anna Smirk I'm a musician originally from Melbourne Australia and I make indie pop rock music mostly about travel and long distance love and lots of different kind of human experiences. And alongside that, I also work in international public health. So I've got these kind of like two sides of my life that I try to sort of juggle and harmonize. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. In your bio, it says that you split your time a lot between Australia and the Philippines. Is it like, is it super 50-50 split? Not so much, especially at the moment. I was sort of splitting my time between those two countries for for a while, but the last couple of years has changed things a lot. So yeah, the last two years, I've mostly been in Australia. It's actually been the longest I've spent in Australia for, for quite a long time, for maybe like five or six years. But I have been traveling a little bit. I've still been working the, the same job, which is that I work for the World Health Organization. And normally my my role is based in Manila in the Philippines, because that's where the, the regional office for the Asia Pacific region is based. So I used to spend a lot of time kind of back and forth. But at the moment, I've been mostly working remotely, um, although I did take a trip to, to Papua New Guinea just recently. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yeah, I, f- I feel like people are just starting to travel a little bit more with um with Miss Rona and it's been really nice to not be as locked down although I know in Australia you guys are pretty locked down locked right down now. right now yeah we're still pretty locked down in Australia so it felt really amazing to <laughs> to travel internationally and I guess yeah even within Australia things are still fairly restricted which is why I find myself here on the Sunshine Coast. I flew back to Australia from Papua New Guinea into Brisbane, which is the capital city of the state of Queensland. And at the time, my town, Melbourne, um, was in a strict lockdown. And so all the shows and festivals and things I had planned couldn't go ahead. So I I figured I'd stay up here in the sunshine and hang out at the beach for a while. (laughs) So here I am. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's really interesting how you balance these two pretty different like life styles or in like career paths. career paths yeah. at one time and which one came first and then how did we get to the other that's a really good question and I don't actually know what the answer is I guess music kind of came first like music's always been a big part of my life since you know from as far back as I can remember really in terms of sort of doing it more professionally I guess it's just been the last few years I was for a time just trying to do music full-time, 100% of the time. And I found that really didn't work that well for me. It's really tough financially, obviously, um, as a musician. And that kind of stressed me out. And I found that that sort of sucked my, my creative energy a little bit. And I wasn't able to create and write and perform the way I wanted to. At the same time, I studied anthropology and political science and French language at university. 
So I always really had a drive to work internationally and to work for nonprofit organizations. And I guess I'd kind of been putting that on hold a little bit while I tried to do the music thing full time. So when that kind of wasn't working out, I switched it up a little bit and worked internationally for three or four years. And it's really just been in the last, I guess, two or three years that I've found this this really great balance of being able to do each thing part time. And yeah, it just works really well for me at the moment. Like I know a lot of people that would say for both of these kinds of careers, you have to give it a hundred percent or it's, or it's not going to, it's not going to happen. But I don't know. I don't really subscribe to that. I, th- I feel like for me personally, each thing complements each other, although they're quite different. I think that's why it works. It's because they use really different parts of my brain. I get to explore my different interests and I don't just kind of get stuck on one thing so that, you know, I can give different parts of my brain a rest while I work the other one. And both kind of careers that I'm pursuing, I guess it's really easy to burn out in both of them because they can both be really intense. So I feel lucky that I get to like put one thing down every now and then and pick up the other thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel as though we're doing something creative and it's always good to have, I think, some sort of like a platform and like give back when you're doing something creative, such as like being a musician. And I think those two, the worlds of like being creative and like performing and then also working for a nonprofit and giving Mm -hmm. back to the world, those can really twirl and really harmonize with each other well. Totally. Especially, yeah, I feel like, you know, creative processes are often really internal facing. Mm -hmm. You do a lot of kind of like self-reflection and spend a lot of time by yourself. Well, this is how I work anyway. I don't know if everybody's like this. Um, And you spend a lot of, yeah, a lot of time introspectively. Um, obviously there's the performing side side as well, which is, is much more outward facing, but still it can feel like really centered on me and my feelings, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. almost every time I'm performing, I'm talking about my life and my feelings. And hopefully, you know, that, that resonates with people's own lives as well, but it can feel super personal. Whereas the other work, I guess, feels a lot more outward facing and about other people's lives, which is a nice change. I would also say that music is a way of giving back and being a source of like, I think it can be really helpful for a lot of people. I know it's a lot about your personal experiences, but in that you're helping other people not feel alone alone, in their experiences. So I feel like it's a different way of giving back to a community or making people think differently or but I, I would say that bo- both are kind of hoping, I don't know, I, I find a lot of musicians are hoping to like change the world or cha- like help bring perspective or feel seen or help others feel seen. Uh, I feel like they're both very, because one of my notes was like two things that are kind of hoping to change people or like change the way that we move about the world in some way. So whilst very different, there's also seems to be like this uh, correlation line for both. Would you say that's true? Yeah, that's really (laughs) great. I love that, actually. And I, I totally agree. I think music can be really important for people. And it definitely has been for me, you know, listening to other people's music, just in terms of validating your feelings of whatever you're feeling at the time and and making you feel not so alone, as you said, and also just kind of like opening you up to different perspectives, being able to change your mood, being able to make you think and feel. I think that's that's super powerful. So, you know, I guess that's that's a big part of of why I make music as well. And then we want to ask the question of like, do you think you know 
we talk a lot about like purpose and like <laughs> what our mission is in life and stuff. Do you think that you have a specific thing that you know that you're like put on this earth to do that you want to do? I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way. I guess I feel like I have a drive to kind of connect to people and learn. I think learning is, is like a really big part of why I do what I do, especially when it comes to, to traveling and touring and working and, and being in different places and sort of getting outside my comfort zone. I think that's when I do a lot of learning. For sure. I kind of feel like we create our own purpose rather than sort of being assigned a purpose, I guess. And I I really like that. And I really like that that can change over time because it definitely has for me. And I think that's a really powerful thing to be able to sort of be always asking yourself, you know, what am I trying to do here and shifting gears if you need to. Amazing. I would love to uh, dive into and talk about the little nomadic lifestyle that you've had and what is it like moving to a new place by yourself, a new country by yourself where you don't know anybody. Do you have any advice for people who are thinking about taking that on and like nervous about doing that alone and all of that jazz? (laughs) Sure. I mean, Go listen to the Peaches podcast episode about uh, bold travel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, was just, I was just listening to that word and it's so great. And Not I really amazing. related yeah. related to a lot of the points that your guest was making. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I love that you listened. No, we loved Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. She seemed amazing. So I think you just have to you have to approach those kind of things with as much openness as you can and as much humility as you can as well. That's been a big takeaway for me is that you sort of have to leave your ego at the door a little bit and be willing to sort of ask stupid questions and look a little bit silly and expect that you're not going to understand all of the cultural nuance and language and things like that, especially at first. Um, So you kind of have to get comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. But I think the part of it I really love is when that slowly starts to shift and you go from feeling uncomfortable all the time to sort of starting to feel like you understand a little bit about what's going on. You find a rhythm. Yeah, you find a rhythm. So I guess just being okay with with feeling uncomfortable, being open to, to learning as much as you can, I guess that's that's it. Yeah. I So we've been thinking about maybe doing a little bit more long-term international travel. And even one of our friends, he just moved to Berlin for his master's degree. And something, a common theme across all of the, like the research that we've done and even our friend, he's only been there, he's been there a week now. It's not all rainbows and butterflies and wonderful times, you know, and like while all of that, all of that beauty is still going to be in your experience, it's like there's also going to be hard times. But like within those hard times is when you grow as a human being. And those are the things that are going to enrich you on a personal intellectual and A, B, C, D, E, F, G level, you know, overall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally. I think what I realized when I was traveling, I I did a a lot of backpacking in my sort of early 20s and university kind of days. And I had this kind of realization that whenever I was sort of going through a rough time um, or kind of not you know, not necessarily having a good time all the time, I was kind of getting frustrated with myself and being like, you're in this amazing place. Why aren't you having an amazing time? And I sort of realized that 
you know, even though you're traveling, you're still just living your life and there's going to be good times and there's going to be bad times. And I think actually when you're traveling, the good times are better and the bad times are worse. It's, yeah. a, it's like higher peaks and troughs. Yeah. But that's what makes it so amazing because you get to experience those like really high highs and the really low lows as well. Yeah, I think you can't have one without the other, but that's just super, super enriching and it really makes you appreciate what you got. How did you, because you do a lot of work with WHO and I would love to learn a little bit more about how you got into that and what exactly you do for yeah, them. what you do. I work as a communications specialist for WHO. So I do basically my job involves trying to make sure that people have the information and the content that they need to make good decisions for their health. And I work in the what we call the Western Pacific region for WHO, which is kind of Asia and the Pacific Island countries. I got into this work a little bit by accident. <laughs> I love it when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 the best, I think. You've just got to like follow follow the path. So yeah, after after studying anthropology and the other things I studied at university, I ended up doing a little bit of work in anthropology research in Australia, and then I really just had this like hankering to get overseas and and work for nonprofit organizations. And I found myself working as a communications officer in Cambodia for, for a non-government organization there. And that was just a bit of a random, a random thing. I found the job online and, you know, sent, sent an email and they were like, cool, can you start next week? And I was like, great, sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I packed up my life and went over there and lived in Cambodia for a year. My partner, he's from Belgium originally, so he was in Belgium at the time, eventually came in and and lived with me in Cambodia for, for the second half of that year. And then what happened was that he got a job in the Solomon Islands, which is a little tiny little Pacific Island country, kind of close to Australia. And so we decided we were going to move there after Cambodia. So I was looking for a job and there was a communications position available in the in the WHO office in Solomon Islands. So yeah, I got that job and that was about oh, more than five years ago now. So so we spent about three years in the Solomon Islands and since then I've been based at the at the office in Manila in the Philippines. You spend a lot of time in the Philippines. What is it that you love so much about the Philippines? The Philippines is a really interesting mix of history and culture. It's obviously a, a Southeast Asian country, so there's a lot of things I love about it that are sort of familiar from time I've spent in other parts of Southeast Asia in terms of like the, the climate and the food and the kind of, you know, way that people interact. It's also, it was, it was colonized originally by the Spanish. So there's quite a lot of, of Spanish influence. So it's got a little bit of almost like a Latin American flavor sometimes as well. And then the U.S. was very involved in, in the Philippines as well for a time. So it's got a, this real mix of people and, and cultures, um, which I find really fascinating. Plus, it's just like incredibly beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it's such yeah. a beautiful country. That says a lot coming from somebody from Australia because Australia is a really beautiful place. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, It is. <laughs> there's lots of beautiful places in the U.S., especially on the west side of the country, but on the east side, which we're based on the east side, that's like a very like lots of the same mm. like if you've only ever been one place like you have to go to other places to 
truly appreciate the beauty of what is this this earth that we're on because like my gosh <laughs> like the things that it looks like in other places and that it does and that it, ugh, it's just so mind-blowing yeah oh yeah there's just so much out there it's it's incredible yeah <laughs> what is your definition of home is do you have like a place is there a place that feels like home or is it always just like I what me and my, the people around me are home or? Mm, that's a good question I do have a place that feels like home because I grew up in a small town out of outside of Melbourne and my parents still still live there in the house that I grew up in so that still feels feels like home so every time I come back from living overseas that sort of feels like when when I get back there to my parents' place, that sort of feels like, okay, yeah, now I'm home. And I think, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this over the years where this this motivation to travel comes from, and it is partly from my parents because they travelled a lot in their 20s and I grew up hearing all their stories about you know travelling around India and Southeast Asia and Europe for years, years and years. But I think it's also partly because I've always felt this really solid sense of home. I think my parents and my family created that in this in this space. I guess it's more about the people than the place. You know, it's it's because they're there. But I think having that that strong kind of sense of of place and home has made me feel free to go out and experience other places because I know that's always there to come back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You just mentioned a little bit about your parents. When you were like, I I want to do music or when you were or when you were like, and I also want to do a lot of this, uh, like this nomadic lifestyle with WHO. Did you ever get any backlash from your parents? <laughs> it sounds like they were pretty artsy as well. But did anyone ever try and stray you away from kind of Taking what you a, wanted to do? Risk or- my parents have been like amazing. They're, they're really supportive of, of all my choices. I think they sort of saw it as being a little bit inevitable because they raised me and my two sisters to love the idea of travel. And we, we all ended up in creative fields. My um, older sister is an actor and my younger sister is a writer. And I'm the musician, you know. So wow, you it's have all of the bases covered. They became pretty used to the idea that we were potentially going to be in creative fields pretty early on. And they've been really supportive of that and of the travel as well. I think, you know, they do find it hard when I'm away a lot. Um, They, yeah, they miss you. They miss me. Yeah. (laughs) And I miss them, of course, but they understand they're really supportive. Yeah. That's amazing. So the other thing that I'd love to pick your brain about is you talk a lot about culture, loving culture when you and like loving human interaction, being very in tune with that when you travel. And you talk a lot about that in your music, like human connection and human interaction. And obviously, it seems like that's really important to you. And like, that's where what you express in your music, which I love. Like, I'm such a geek about, like, I studied communications in college, like philosophy and existentialism (laughs) and why it's important to get out there and have new perspectives. So I I would just love to, like, pick your brain (laughs) about that a little bit. Like, what excites you about that? Why did you choose to express it in the form of music? All of that good stuff. What do you have? What do you got? I feel that connection it's really just like what it's all about for me. You know, it's kind of what it all comes down to. It's what I learn the most from and it's, you know, I was going to, I was about to say it's what energizes me, but I think I 
should also say that I really like being by myself as well. Like I'm probably, if I had to put myself into a box, I'm probably um, actually on the more introverted side of the scale in that I sort of draw more energy from, from being alone so that I can, you know, have the capacity to go out and be with other people and connect with other people. An extroverted introvert. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Which I That's think, how we identify. Yeah. And I, I told I resonate a hundred and ten percent with what you just said. A hundred and ten percent. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's yeah, I just wanted to mention that I guess because I think sometimes we think it's one or the other. You know, you either love people or you love being by yourself. But to me it's like a little bit more complicated than that. You know, I really love connecting with people, but I really also need that that sort of solo time. So I think that actually really helps because, you know, when you're traveling alone a lot, you do spend a lot of time by yourself as well and you have to be okay with that. But you also spend a lot of time connecting with new people and that can be really, really exciting, but it can also kind of take a lot of energy. And after you've sort of relocated a bunch of times, I've actually found, you know, that my energy for it change has changed over time. Like when I was first traveling and the first time I lived in a new place, I was like, cool, let's go. Let's meet everybody. This is going to be amazing. And now I'm happy to take it a little bit more slowly and sort of, you know, let things evolve at their own pace. But yeah, I think that it's funny, this, this new EP I have coming out really did end up all being about connection and disconnection really. And I didn't set out to write it that way. I just, I was writing these songs and these were the six songs that, that I decided to put on the record. And when I like stepped back and looked at them, I was like, huh, that's what they're all about. So that, that's obviously what I've been thinking about lately um, and what I've been feeling. And I think it's inevitable that you think about that a lot when you're traveling and you're, you're moving around, meeting lots of new people. And also, you know, I spend a lot of time away from home. So thinking about connection to my important people back home and also my partner, because he also works in international public health. So we spend a lot of time and, and he comes from, from Belgium originally. So we, we spend a lot of time um, doing the long distance thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. If you're into astrology, I would I would imagine from what you said earlier that maybe not. Yeah, not so much, but <laughs> do, that's you cool. do you mind do you mind if I ask you what your birthday is? Sure, it's the 9th of June. The 9th of June, so Gemini. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> see. Which I have heard is like the communication kind of mm -hmm. sign, mm -hmm. right? That, that I was curious if you were an Aquarius because we tend to we're Aquariuses and so I know a lot more about I'm like I'm like a beginner astrology person. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of the times they say that with like Aquariuses, we value commitment and loyalty and a person, but we also need a lot of space. Uh, mm. which I was curious if you do if you find yourself in a lot of long distance relationships and being apart and having to make that work. But I guess I don't know if it works for you or if you hate it um <laughs> obviously there will be challenges but if it's something that you're like yeah this is fine for me yeah I I do think that it works for me for the most part you know it is it is really hard sometimes but I don't yeah I don't think I would have it any other way because it's a little bit like what I was saying before about the high highs and the low lows it's I feel like the same thing when it comes to to long distance relationships and and you know not just romantic relationships but you know, everybody in, in your life. I think you really appreciate the time you have together a lot more. And, 
you have time and space to reflect on those relationships and how important they are to you. And I think that's really important. You know, there's no chance to take people for granted. Yeah. I mean, I, I resonate with that a lot. Even like our, like like you said, even with our friendships, we're the type of, I think I would, you know, not to speak for you, Nick, but like Mm -hmm. I, I, we've talked about this before. We're the type of people where it doesn't really matter how long it's been. We're also terrible. We're very terrible at like digital keep up. So texting and stuff like that. It's, it's just not our first nature. Yeah, I'm the same. So, (laughs) but as soon as you put me back with another person or as soon as we're like FaceTiming or whatever, we both can just like pick it up right where it left off um, and it feels like no time has passed and not everybody is like that but I think that's a that's a very Aquarius thing for us I wonder if you have mm. any Aquarius in there somewhere <laughs> I don't know you tell me I have no idea <laughs> because they're also they tend to no, be musicians I, they tend to be artistic right. and stuff like that okay. so but definitely Gemini definitely fits with the communication aspect of it I definitely resonate with what you were just saying as well. I'm also a terrible texter and I'm, yeah. um, I'm really slow at, at responding and it drives a lot of my friends kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same. <laughs> but that's the thing I think that that's why in terms of my, my relationship with my partner, I think that's one thing I've realized because I've had, you know, I've had this sort of nomadic life. It was really important to me to be with somebody who has a similar style of communication to me and and he's exactly the same he's also really terrible oh, at texting perfect <laughs> but I mean yeah that's exactly perfect because if one of us was expecting a lot more than the other in that sense then I think it would be really frustrating but because we have the same style it's okay it is very frustrating I'm coming from someone that was in a relation a long distance relationship that twice both times had different styles doesn't work mm. does not work. yeah yeah <laughs> imagine. (laughs) So you've been with the same partner for a long period of time. So the whole, all of your long distance experiences have been more so with this one person. Yeah, that's been the main one, especially, you know, especially when I'm thinking about this new record and the songs that are on it, a lot of them are long distance love songs and yeah, they're mostly around this person. But I think most of my songwriting, it draws on my own experiences, but it kind of like goes a little bit wider than that as well. So I look at other people around me and I, you know, I I think look at other people's relationships. So it's often a little bit extrapolated from, from my own stuff. Yeah. Get different perspectives in there. Totally. A lot of your songs are very personal about your life. Does that ever feel too vulnerable? Do you love getting vulnerable about your feelings? Like, how does that? No, I, I, I really don't love getting vulnerable about yeah. my feelings. <laughs> um, and sometimes I like, I think I usually find that stuff kind of hard to express. So I think perhaps songwriting allows me to express some stuff that I would find hard to hard to say in other contexts. I was curious to know how your partner feels about like being in your music is that ever like a conversation like hey <laughs> so I, I was having feelings Here's this like song it ended up in the song yeah yeah <laughs> it does uh, yeah it's sometimes you know we do have those conversations especially when so 
often I'll write a song from a particular moment in time. And at that moment, I might be feeling really down about an aspect of my life or my relationship. But it doesn't mean that, you know, I feel like that all the time. So sometimes I have that conversation with my partner being like, I was just feeling really shitty about this thing at this point. But it doesn't mean I feel that way. Yeah, (laughs) right. I think, I mean, that's that's very human, you know, to like also that's just relationships. You have ups and downs. You have a long term relationship. I don't care if you've been in a relationship for five minutes or 60 years. (laughs) That's a long time. But like, (laughs) but you're going to have ups and downs and feel good and feel there's going to be different seasons of a relationship. And I think it's nice. I love hearing about the like, it's nice to hear about the nice parts of the relationship. But it's also really equally as important, in my opinion, to hear about the downtimes. Because when you do have the downtimes, then other then we're going to start talking about like how do you how's the best way to work through that other people have worked through it and like there's way more to talk about yeah you know when when you're talking about the negative stuff yeah and i feel like with music specifically for for me i i use it as like a way to kind of like soul search sometimes like how Mm -hmm. if i don't know it like helps me with a mood like helps me come out of a mood it helps me just like zone out and think about why i'm feeling the way that i'm feeling and and also not feel alone if like somebody's singing about a certain thing or singing a, a specific vibe like, in a tone and I'm like I that's my tone right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I need yeah so that's the best feeling yeah. yeah yeah absolutely I think it is really important to sort of not shy away from from the hard stuff this record I think in terms of you know my partner being in it a lot it was, yeah, there's one song in particular that's really personal to him, which is um, a song called The Excavator. And I wrote that song about a time when uh, my partner had just lost his father. So it was really very much about him and his family and going through that time of grief. So it was really personal to him. And I, you know, I was a little bit worried, to be honest, when I was writing it um, about how he would feel about it. I didn't know whether he would be comfortable with me recording it and releasing it. But in fact, he really loved it. He <laughs> he thought it was he thought it was a really sort of powerful representation of that time of his life and his family's life. And he was really happy for it to sort of be out in the world. So I don't know. I guess I'm lucky. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I also would imagine that that felt really good for you to like have written something and made something that you that they that that person Helps felt was an accurate and like beautiful representation of such like a. an extremely tough time yeah it felt really good and I guess it was just an important one for me as well because going through that time with him was also was was also really really tough for me just to to watch him going through that process so it was it was an important song for me to write in that sense as well what what would be your flagship advice for someone in a long-term relationship or dealing with loneliness Mm -hmm. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot, um, about how to, you know, feel okay in a long distance relationship. And again, to me, it's almost like a little bit of a barometer of how I'm going in my life generally. Um, when, so when my partner first left on this, so I, I was in Melbourne, we were in Melbourne together for the last little while. Um, and then he left on a mission with, with Médecins Sans Frontières, Doctors Without Borders. So he's in Chad at the moment in Central Africa. And when he left, 
it was it was a pretty crappy time in Melbourne. We'd just recently gone back into another pretty strict lockdown. I was supposed to be traveling for work, but things were really getting really um, delayed and there was a lot of problems and it really felt like it might not happen. And I was just feeling a bit stuck. So things were just a little bit tough for me at the time. And I found the separation really, really hard at that moment. But now I'm, I'm feeling in a much better place. I'm really enjoying where I'm living. I've got this new music coming out. I'm, I'm enjoying my work. Things are just like, things are, things are flowing really, really well. And I'm finding the separation a lot easier to manage. So I feel like when it comes to the long distance thing, you kind of got to get right with you, I guess, and be looking after yourself and doing what, what you need, because that just makes makes it much easier. And I've also, you know, I also try to lean into it a little bit and enjoy having the time by myself to do things that I don't always make time for when um, I'm together with my partner, you know, just things like doing a lot more writing and reflection and taking time, taking time for me. So leaning into it, I think is really important. And also just finding the way that works for you. You know, I think there's people that I know in long distance relationships that really find it important to be communicating every day and like be constantly sort of updating each other as to what what they're up to. That's not our style at all. We like talk, maybe we talk like we'll message back and forth, you know, during the week. And then usually we'll have like one really long conversation a week. You know, it'll be like maybe three or four hours on the phone and we'll really like get get deep but during the rest of the week we don't necessarily talk that much and I think for us that works because you know I find if we're back and forthing all the time um, it makes me miss him more because there's this constant kind of reminder whereas I can sort of like get on with my day and focus on other stuff and do stuff that's important to me and then kind of like download all that when we have our our big long chat so I think you know you just got to find find the way that works for you and everybody's going to be different. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting what you said going just a little bit back where you were you were like I'll miss him more it'll be really sad for me when he when when my partner is gone when things aren't right with myself. I think it's a really interesting um sort of equation to like keep an eye on yourself and how you're doing in your life and when you're when maybe a comfort is gone, you know, you mm-hmm. can kind of really see where I'm at in my life and my feelings and my emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's pros and, con- pros and cons to everything. And um, when you're going through something challenging, such as a long t- a long distance relationship, those are the hard times that can be really, you know, enriching to you as a person um, and really telling. And I think that's what happened with this pandemic a lot of the time, like our, a lot of our lives changed and things seem to be changing Constantly, all the time. All the time. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> it's interesting to check it, to be able to notice these shifts in what's going on with yourself and say, and actually be like, am I happy? Do I need to change something? What do I need to change? What am I yearning for? Those are definitely questions that I asked myself when we back in March of 2020 when we initially went into lockdown and Lindsay and I moved out of New York and we moved like back into our childhood home and it was just like is New York the place for me is the job that I have what I wanted or was the job that I had what I wanted just because I was going to be in New York it's like I don't know yeah I think it's like these kind of like ruptures in our normal routine that make you think think about you know what you really want and what you're doing and I guess the pandemic it has definitely been that for a lot of people I think 
travel is that for a lot of people and yeah, long distance relationships, I think as well, all these things just make you reflect. And, um, and I think that can only be a good thing. Obviously you don't want to be reflecting all the time because that can be exhausting, yeah. sure. but, uh, <laughs> yes. but having those opportunities, like I think are really important. Yeah. I feel like something that I picked up or something that came up for me, I should say, when you were telling your story was one thing that I constantly fear about relationships and getting into a relationship, into a long-term relationship is like losing myself in the process or changing myself so much that I don't recognize myself. And I think that it sounds like both of you guys are able to like stay yourselves and make sure that you're living your lives while also feeling supported by one another in a way that feels good to you. So that's really nice for me to hear and see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's really important. And I, yeah, that's another thing, I guess, that's a, a pro to the long distance relationship thing is that I think for both of us, it gives us a sense. It's this like constant push and pull between the sense of freedom and the sense of security in a relationship. And I think by having times of of separation and times together, it kind of like balances those two things out for both of us, our independence and our, our freedom to, you know, follow the work and the, the passions that we have is really, really important. And I think, again, if you manage to find find a partnership where you can support each other to do those things without feeling like you're being held back by the other one, then, then yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> what was it like working with at WHO during a global pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> it feels it feels kind of good to be to be working in this field during a pandemic. You know, I think especially you're to doing, be, I mean, you're really putting in work and helping the world when it needs mm-hmm. the most help. Yeah, I think it's been a time where people have um, sort of realized how important this kind of work is, especially the specific work that I do in communications. I think that's become a little bit bit more salient in a lot of people's minds how important it is that we all have you know the full range of information that we need to make good decisions for ourselves that's been really great to to be part of that little bit of a shift it's been it's been really intense as well you know like a lot of a lot of people have found this really an intense time to be working in public health myself included because there's just so much there's so much to be done it's really it's a really acute time so it can be re- yeah i think it can be really exhausting as well i think a lot of people that i know have tried to have times where they sort of switch off from the pandemic a little bit for their own well-being and i guess that's not really so possible <laughs> when you work in the field. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, you know, I've taken some some breaks and some holidays here and there, and that's been really important. But yeah, it's it's a really exciting time, but really intense. Yeah. yeah. So, what is your favorite song coming out on this on the EP, mm-hmm. and why? Ooh, oh, don't make me choose between my baby. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have to say my favorite song. I mean, they're all my favorite songs, but the one that springs to mind when you say that is um, a song called Wallace Street. It's the last one on the EP, and it's kind of a, a little bit of an origin story of how my partner and I got together. And a lot of the the songs on the EP are sort of s- grappling with disconnection and long distance and the ways that our world is set up to create disconnection. So 
this song, Wallace Street, feels like a little bit of the antidote to some of that stuff. It's a song about connecting and, yeah, finding love in a share house in Melbourne. (laughs) I love that. So it's very close to my heart. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing so much, like, so vulnerably about your love story, even just on this podcast and on your EP. It's been really it's been really nice to hear your love style, to be honest, because <laughs> I don't think I'll, I don't you. I haven't. There's not a lot of people that have a similar love style like that over here. And I feel like I probably resonate, yeah, <laughs> resonate, resonate. With yeah, something good. like that. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's my pleasure. <laughs> OK, so we do this segment on our podcast called Peachy Clean. And it's when we ask our guests to sort of confess, come clean about something you could Anything goes here. And so usually, sometimes it's an embarrassing story or sometimes it's just like a feeling. Some examples of what we've had in the past is someone just said, I'm not as happy as I may appear on social media or I had a really unproductive week to like um, someone said she was a teacher. She fell into the trash can. Mean girl like style in the cafeteria in front of her stu- <laughs> And then we had a uh, we had a se- sex educator on one time, and hers was that she masturbated at work. So really, really there's a wide spectrum. Goes. We can go as G yeah, to right. X-rated as you want. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, I feel like I've been talking a lot about the way that I've sort of set up my life and structured my life and, you know, my relationship and things like that. But I guess one thing to, to confess, I suppose, is that, you know, I definitely don't have it all figured out. (laughs) Like I spend a lot of my time, like going into like deep spirals of, um, asking myself, am I making huge mistakes in both sides of my career? Should I be doing things completely differently to what I'm doing? Am I wasting all my time trying to split myself in these two directions? You know, there's, there's a lot of doubt there as well. And that can be really, (laughs) that can be really consuming. And I feel like um, I've spent a lot of time talking about how great my life has been the last uh-huh. few years and that's totally true but that's not to say that it has it you know there's a lot of really hard parts about it and I'm constantly questioning it and wondering if I've been making the right decisions you know so I don't want to give the impression that um you know I have it all figured out yeah <laughs> yeah and I think if anyone ever does like try and paint that as their narrative it's a lie because as soon as (laughs) you get like maybe even a hint of like okay this feels good a global (laughs) pandemic happens and then the world shifts it's just like everything is always changing the Mm -hmm. your your age is of course always changing and as your age changes your needs change your wants change your desires change and then you have to figure it out all again on top of just like imposter syndrome is real like Mm -hmm. constantly being like I can I can live I can live a life that I just like created for myself where like I deserve this or whatever do you do anything in those moments like when you're having a lot of doubt or struggling to balance everything do you do anything to help yourself through that is there something that you go to or is it kind well yeah what do you do what I've learned about myself is that when I'm having those moments my instinct is to like plan I'm like okay Um, all I've got to do is like make a bunch of lists and figure out the plan and and then I'll feel better yeah but what I've realized is that that does not help me in those moments and it actually makes me feel much worse and what I actually need to do is be like okay you need to stop thinking about this right now this is not the time to be like trying to make decisions about your future um 
you need to like switch off your brain and go do something else, you know, like go have a swim or, you know, watch a shitty TV series or, you know, whatever you need to do to like switch off your brain um, and come back to these questions when you're feeling like in a stronger place. Yeah. Um, Because that's when you can actually like make some good decisions that's very smart that's very good yeah Yeah. that's what I try to do you know and again like I'll still find myself at 3 a.m like making lists and (laughs) trying to figure out my life so you know sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah (laughs) Nicole makes lists I do make I think well it makes me feel better to like see it all like yes like see it all written down and like okay this is possible sort this of thing. is what I have to do mm-hmm. yes take yeah. it all off and then everything's gonna be okay then, <laughs> yeah but then for me a lot of the times it's like I'll make the list and then do I actually stick to it long term that's another story yeah. so well that's the other thing I think you know as a as a list maker from mm-hmm. way back I think I've had to <laughs> I've yeah. had to accept that um you know a list is like it's it's almost like a little bit of a psychological tool like you say like you get everything out of your brain and onto paper and then like five minutes later probably the list would be different if you made it then so it's not like you have to then rigidly stick to the list you know it's really just at that moment in time that's what you feel like you have to do and then you know you can come back to that and it's always going to change yeah yeah you can always make a new list yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's many lists to be made so (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so now much. Now you're for all sharing. peachy clean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you Feels for good. sharing. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for taking some time out of your day to chat with us. Yeah. Here in the Peach Pod. What a lovely. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I really enjoy your music. And yeah. as we've said, like, oh my God, your photography, like the pictures, your if, pictures. If are nothing so... else, peaches. Yeah. Just go, go scroll look at through like, the cover so art. Like, if nothing else, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I do. I should shout out to, to the photographer who worked with on that artwork, Julia McGoran um, from Melbourne, Australia. She's just so amazing. And yes. my good friend, um, Anna Cordell, who let me wear her beautiful clothing. She's oh. a wonderful fashion designer from, from Melbourne as well. So um, I think that, that, you know, really helps Yes, to, to yes. give it the look that it has. So yeah. big thanks to those two. It came out beautifully. Yeah. Um, do you want to roll through where people can find and connect with you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. So um, you can find me online in all the usual places um, on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon um, is where you can find my music. And um, I have a website, which is annasmirk.com. Um, and you spell smirk with a Y <laughs> in case you're wondering. Um, and that's got, you know, more information about me and a bunch of videos and music and stuff. Yeah. And as always, Anna, all of Anna's goodies and links will be in the show notes. Um, and feel free to head over, give her some love, check her out, do all of the good things. All right, Peaches, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Please head on over to the show notes, hit up all of Anna's links and give her some love. And while you're at it, please give us some love. You can find us on Instagram at let's talk underscore peaches with that same handle. You can find us on TikTok. You can also check out our website, www.letstalkpeaches.com. And while you're on the website, you can check out and snag some of our new merch that really helps us out financially so so that we can do all of the giveaways and give you guys all the goodies that we want to give you. And if you can please hit that subscribe button on wherever you're listening to this podcast on, that really helps us out. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, please leave that five-star written review. That really helps this podcast grow and get out there and reach more people. And we would just so appreciate it. Anyways, 
We'll be back here next Monday. Hope to see you here. And bye, bye peaches. peaches. Amazing. <laughs> it's really fun.